and welcome to a very special episode of Headline Heroes, a comedy podcast where we usually take today's headlines and make a comic book origin story. Uh, my name is Nathan Haynes. And I'm Tanner Ackerman. So no Drew Mick this week. Uh, Drew is gone. Place is unknown. And he may never return. He's MIA right now. Uh, he's at... Is that MIA? Is that a... Is that a, a band? <laughs> it probably is, in all honesty. Yeah, he's at an MIA concert. Yeah, the rapper that we all know. Um, he's a big fan. He's really a rapper. Get it. Yeah, his, yeah. He's, uh, he was born... Well, here, let me tell you about him. You, Tanner, you don't know about the expert... <laughs> Uh, about my expertise in M.I.A., the rapper. Uh, she was born in uh, 1975 and is better known by her stage name, M.I.A., uh, and is a British rapper, singer, songwriter, uh, record producer, and activist. Oh, Sri Lankan, so. I think I actually do know who this is. I feel like, like, I feel like I have heard of her. I feel like she was featured on some song that was big when we were college-aged. Um, well, this is, I'm sure this has been great for everybody. <laughs> Nate and Tanner figure out if they if they can make a joke about Drew being at a concert somewhere. Um, so yeah, Drew is gone. Uh, Papa Bear is away. So while he's away, the boys will play. Uh, and w- what we played today is a Simpsons episode. We decided that um, Drew's gone. We'd maybe try something a little bit different. Yeah, so Nate and I are both big fans of The Simpsons. Growing up, we both watched a lot. And Drew just doesn't know the show at all. Um, so I thought they were blue. What an idiot! Come on, how do you miss that? So we decided to take this opportunity with him gone to kind of review our love of the show, and so we found an episode that was about as close to being related to our podcast as possible. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be season seven, episode two, Radioactive Man. It's just called Radioactive Man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the name of the episode. Yep. So the one where they're going to be filming a radioactive man movie in springfield so maybe the best way if we can just start is just jump on in you can just start kind of giving a description of what happens in the episode and we can just sort of take it beat by beat and talk about what we thought okay so yeah let's just get right into it so show opens uh the opening bit for this one the couch gag was they were printed out like they were on a printer and then cuts to inside the comic shop what's the name of the comic shop i should know this android's dungeon android's dungeon duh so it's okay. We have to shut down the podcast. <laughs> I'm not even a real fan. <laughs> so it's a uh, Bart and Milhouse flipping through or going through comics and talking about how all of them suck these days. And the only one I really noticed was one called Man Boy about him. <laughs> There's uh, also one called Nick. <laughs> it just right. looks like it's some guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I love all those like little comments. Also, this was like in that the prime of The Simpsons where there was a joke every couple seconds. Like if you blink, yeah, you would miss it. They were good at background sign gags. Like I guess I don't watch a lot of the current stuff anymore, but yeah. I mean, this at the very least they were very good at about making environmental gags back then. Yeah, I actually I did listen to an interview with them in the last couple of years where they talked about it's actually more difficult because they have to do way more sign gags now because everything's so HD that even a tiny sign in the background you should be able to read. So. Huh. That's kind of interesting. That I thought about that. They could pick and choose a lot more back then. Um, but so cut to then Bart saying how they all stink and the only good one anymore is Radioactive Man. And Milhouse says, I don't know. I think Radioactive Dude's okay. And then they Bart proceeds to tear it apart how it is completely a blatant ripoff of Radioactive Man. Yeah, I love the... Uh, 
He says that Radioactive Man uh, uh, has up and at him as a catchphrase, while Radioactive Dude has up and let's go. <laughs> so good. So then comic book guy calls them out and says, oh, you're pretty big Radioactive Man fans. And they Bart says between the two of them, they read all the comics. And they then I think Milhouse says they both own the special edition where uh, Radioactive Man and Fall Out Boy die on every page. Yes. And at this moment when I was watching, I don't know how, but I forgot that his sidekick was named Fallout Boy, like which is a huge plot point of the episode because that's who they're like trying to cast mm-hmm. for. And my thought was, holy crap, is the band Fallout Boy that old? And why were they <laughs> referencing it? And then as I slowly realized, wait, no, that's the name of the sidekick. And then my thought was, is that band Fallout Boy named after the character from The Simpsons? Did you find the answer? I didn't look it up. I just wondered. Well, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't gonna do any work for this. This is what the people are here for. One second, let me just Google. Just reading their Wikipedia page. Oh boy, this is really <laughs> the description of what their music is, and what their influences are. Yeah. I should have searched better. No, you're doing great. Oh, oh well. Na- nameless, they were nameless for their first two shows as a band, but at the end of their second show, they asked the audience to yell out their ideas for a name. One audience member suggested Fall Out Boy, a reference to the sidekick of the comic book superhero Radioactive Man from The Simpsons. So, it was a direct link, I guess. Oh, wow. So, they themselves were perhaps not fans, but that one guy at that concert really loved it. That's so. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, that is kind of That's a dope way to name your band, though. Just be like, tell us what to name it. <laughs> okay, so, back to The Simpsons. So, then, next, comic book guy lets them know that they are going to be filming a Radioactive Man movie. And this is one of the things where there's just a joke every second. Bart and Milhouse gasp simultaneously and their hats fly up in the air. And Kyle Guy says, I need to fix that air conditioner. As you can see them being stuck to the ceiling from that. Mm-hmm. They want to know who's going to What I love play about him. that, of course, is that like they, this, I love this. is a, It's just a fun gag that they continue to bring up a couple of times throughout the episode. And it's every single time it is as funny as the, yeah. as the first. Which this was just, again, this was peak Simpsons when they were at their absolute best, I well, think. What do you think, I mean, this is season seven. What do you think is like, the, is this the peak season, do you think, in your opinion? Or do you think it, it peaked in eight? Do you think it was earlier? I don't know. It's Because a lot of people say like season four is where it gets to its best. Mm. I think that's probably where it gets to where it's really, like where they are, the Simpsons, as like we knew it for most of the 90s. I don't know. Either season... I think for the first 10 seasons, I think season 10 might be where they hit their absolute peak and start to go on a downslide. So I think we're in like their prime right here. So this is like where it's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, I, I think I, I would agree. I, I think perhaps it starts to dip a little bit more for me. Like it's still very good, but not as good in season nine. So I think I probably would pick season eight to be like the the peak. But I mean, six through six through eight are like basically all gold for me yeah i mean what it is i think is it's when they're literally stuffing as many jokes as they can into each episode like they are getting their money's worth for the like what would the runtime have been then like 22 minutes or 25 minutes yeah it would have had to be around that it's i don't see a runtime on the website here but i i have to imagine it was around then at that time and yeah that's another thing too because of more commercials they don't have as much time for as many jokes now so uh where were we Oh, uh, so they just found they, out about the movie. So they want to know who's going to play the lead character. So comic book guy goes over to his computer. And I love this because it's like in 1995, the Internet was still kind of like, oh, this is like a mysterious thing. And it's like him typing on the Internet and it cuts to another nerd who cuts to another nerd who cuts to another nerd and then cuts to Prince for some reason. Yeah, I was like, is that Prince? Yeah, I didn't get that. 
that part of the joke. I don't know if that was something specific in 1995 that was hilarious right then, but I didn't get it. It was kind of funny, though. But also, oh, I like funny. I still like seeing it, but I liked how they like treated the internet like it was something that like you had to like light torches like on a path to warn like the village that some <laughs> someone's coming. That's what it felt like to me. It was Gondor calling for aid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? The oh the, damn, Lord <laughs> of the Rings thing. No, I, I think I got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then so damn, you're not even here, and you're getting hit by the <laughs> I know. I really need to just sit down and watch those. Um, and then the final dude that's on some guy on a laptop, which was Wi-Fi a thing in 95? It must have been, right? It had to be. That or The Simpsons called it. But he's sitting underneath the table at like the Hollywood like executive meeting for the movie. And they're trying to pitch who's going to play the lead character. And some guy says, I don't know if the name was a reference to something that I didn't catch, but it was like whoever played him in the 60s. And basically, it cuts to a spoof of the Adam West Batman series. Oh, yeah. They want to avoid the campiness of the original. Yeah, I loved that whole flashback to that, too. I thought it was hilarious. Because he's fighting, like, what is the name of it? It's like a scout leader, but what is the name of the... Oh, what is it? The Boy Scout... Scoutmaster. Yeah, so that that whole scene is is very good. And they, I like the... They have... When they hit people, you know, they have they throw up the pow, slam exclamations and one one of them is bort <laughs> i didn't catch that I, i've watched so many of these episodes so many times and this is the first time i ever saw bort was in there <laughs> that's so great so then it's them trying to decide where to film next mm, yeah they're, they're looking through a, a magazine of locations which i i don't know if that was ever a thing or maybe i don't know but like a, a magazine of like, come film in Utah, come film in New York, etc. But then they spy, they they, you're not allowed to see what they're looking at in this particular frame. They go, my God, and you think they're looking at some very impressive advertisement, but instead it's it's this Springfield has an ad in the bottom left hand corner of one page in black and white, and it's two words, and it's Flim Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> and they made the comment that they they're so good they don't have to spend money on big advertising or correct spelling. I also found it hilarious how they said specifically we need a town with a nuclear reactor and a gorge, which are two pretty big things in Springfield. <laughs> yeah, very and then very specific. The other clever thing I I really liked was he said, um, "Give me connected to whatever state Springfield is in." <laughs> they have at this point like yeah they still. To this day, there's no like specific location they're at, right? Like even yeah. in the Simpsons movie, in the Simpsons movie, they like have it bordered by four states that are all across the United yeah. States. Yeah, which is I can't remember what they are, but it's fucking. There's no connection at all. And that was one of the best bits in that movie, in my opinion. That was good. Yeah, right behind Bart's penis. Yeah, got it. Um, <laughs> yep, number two. <laughs> so then they come to Springfield, and they're. Right away, are they looking for Fall Out Boy? Is that basically the like, yeah, uh, the order of? I've, I apologize because I can't remember for sure because I know there's a part where it cuts to Moe's Tavern where they're talking about the fact that the movie's coming to town, and we discover that Moe was in the original. Um, what the hell's the group called? Little Rascals. Little Rascals. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was smelly. <laughs> he was smelly, and he would always. He was the best at getting a um, exhaust pipe to fire into his face and have black smoke soot all over his face. And then it cuts to him, like, the reason he stopped being one of the little rascals, it does the bit where, like, a ball falls into a tailpipe, but instead of him getting into it, Alpha Alpha does. <laughs> and so Mo starts to beat him up because he's upset he took his bit, 
and it cuts back and turns out he actually killed him. He said, thankfully, he was an orphan owned by the studio. So it wasn't he wasn't charged with murder, which is so messed <laughs> up. but so funny. Yeah, this is like some good peak weird Mo. <laughs> Absolutely. Weird Mo history. Mo's one of the best side characters. He really is. So then yeah, I don't remember. It. I, I don't remember what order for sure. But that Mo thing happens. Then it cuts to the uh springfield elementary in bart's class and skinner comes over the intercom and he screws up radioactive man's name does he call him radio man radio yeah because then he because then nelson yells out radioactive man (laughs) and and then principal skinner says strange i shouldn't have been able to hear that (laughs) i love that that. there's some there's some good ways to do meta jokes and there's some bad ways to do meta jokes and that's like sort of a fun i love that kind of meta joke yeah that that was so funny and then the he announces that they're going to be casting for fallout boy it, right in the school even and then everyone gasps and you see everyone's hat shoot up to the ceiling again and he announces that, that the air conditioning will be fixed later today <laughs> so they this is at this point they start looking for all the actors and we see right we see them lining up to like to get to it to basically try out to be fallout boy Yep, right in, outside the principal's office. And uh, I believe the first audition you're seeing is Ralph Wiggum, if I'm not mistaken. And it's the lunch lady who's the reading the lines to the kids. And so Ralph just asks her, what's for lunch tomorrow, instead of saying the lines. And the guy, the director yells next, and Ralph just says, chicken next? <laughs> Which is so simple. But I love Ralph. He's so funny. Ralph is so good. When they're in line, Bart, there's a scene where Bart comes out and he does, like, Bart does his impression for Fall Out Boy and everybody's so impressed with it. And then he does another, he's all, he says, it's all in the delivery. And he does another line and he goes, now is the winter of our discontent. And Ralph just goes, oh no! And runs away. <laughs> I forgot. Like, I, I don't know what he was thinking was happening, but just his, oh no, run away is so good. Again, there's so many jokes, it's easy to forget them, honestly. So then, yeah, Bart is all about wanting this role. And then he he auditions next that we see. And uh-huh. the director absolutely loves his delivery. He even stands up and says, we found our fallout, boy, is what I would be saying if you were one inch taller. Is it two inches taller? One inch. Ever. One inch taller. So that night, Bart is trying desperately to grow. Like he starts out by having a snowball, too, and Santa's little helper pull him on ropes. And they both just kind of give up right away. Yeah, so he he tries to get the the animals to pull him. He wears oh well, he wears a, a vertical suit, like a vertical striped suit, and these large platform shoes. And spikes his hair more. Mm-hmm. But before <laughs> that, he shocking. does he runs downstairs to measure his height, like on the wall where his height had been measured oh, yeah, before. before all this. And he's like, oh, only half an inch, <laughs> which is ridiculous overnight. And Marge even points out that's pretty good for a night, Bart. And Lisa says, yeah, you're growing at the rate that Grandpa's shrinking, which is another great just quick little joke where you see Grandpa's forehead walking by the table. And he says, I'm as tall now as I ever was. And he's clearly shorter than the kitchen table in that shot. (laughs) You see see the tip of his head. So then, yes, he tries to look taller. He wears the vertical striped suit, has on those tall shoes and bursts into an audition that Millhouse is currently in and says, good news, boys. I've grown that extra inch. And right then, the director again yells, we found our fallout boy. And he's standing right there and points to Millhouse. Who previously we've seen didn't even want, did not want to try out for fallout boy. His mom made him try out for fallout boy. And she even took his glasses off, which 
I didn't really get the bit. Was the bit that his eyes are super small when they took his glasses? Yeah, off? I think you're supposed to think like, oh, behind his glasses, I'm sure his eyes are the same size. But in fact, his eyes are actually super tiny, and the the this is a visual. The the lenses of the glasses make his eyes appear bigger. So I think it was supposed to just be a, like a subversion of expectations. Yeah, which was, I don't know. I'm going to call that joke a miss for me. It was fine. <laughs> so then, just just okay. Yeah, just okay. This is where the Simpsons uh, finally went downhill. Is that joke? Yep, that was when the peak ended. So Millhouse then is immediately told how famous he's going to be. And he's immediately like swarmed like he's the Beatles, essentially, by all these other students and fans, right? Uh huh, absolutely. Which, I don't know. Do kids care about child stars? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get obviously. We have an equivalent. Do we? Because there's no superhero movie right now out with like a. I mean, Batman. Whenever they do Batman and Robin, they never do Batman and like a young Robin because that would be really weird. So it's all the Robin is always like seventeen or older. Yeah, and I don't know. In the mid '90s, would it have been different? Because I think it's kind of different now with how many different movies and shows there are now, where everyone has their kind of little niche that they're into. Whereas you didn't have as many options then. So like whoever was the biggest star right then was the biggest star. Mm, that's true. Anyway, cut to he's running away from everyone. He gets into his house and you see his parents with all these crates of like just merchandise they're buying where like his dad is opening a big screen TV. One of those ones that were super boxy and gigantic. Yeah. Back then. And his mom has a jacuzzi suit. Which looks dope. I yeah, mean, it does look it pretty sweet. It would be the most impractical thing in the world, but... <laughs> taking it off would be a nightmare. Like you just spill water everywhere. It's a plastic suit that wraps her. Sorry, what was that? I was Taking it off looks like it would be a nightmare. You just get water like everywhere. You can't take it off without never, training it. It's never going to take it off. That's her <laughs> life now. So it was. So they've basically been pre-spending all of his money, which is was like a real issue, I think, right? Like a lot of child stars, their parents just end up burning all that money. Yeah. Money for the kid. Yeah, I think that was a real commentary on like because Macaulay Culkin's like all his parent, his parents stole all his money. You know, what? I'm glad he's doing okay after all that. Like he's he did an AMA on Reddit recently. He's in a band. He seems like he's doing just fine. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, his life could have turned out a lot worse with how how much his parents screwed him. But go- golly, I love those those Home Alone movies. Don't we all? There's a uh, there's a scene after this where. Bart is, of course, disappointed that he did not get the part of Fallout Boy and is in his bed talking to Lisa. And he says one of one line that always like, I don't know if I would call it my favorite line because it's not. But it's, it always makes me laugh so much. And Lisa comes in and she's like, Bart, what's, what's wrong? And he just said, George Burns was right. Show business <laughs> is a hideous bitch goddess. <laughs> just because it's so out of left field for Bart to say hideous bitch goddess. <laughs> Every single time it makes me laugh. It's just so, it's such a good delivery. It is. It's so, yeah, it just catches you off guard for Bart to say that. Uh huh. But Lisa, of course, tells him, well, somebody, somebody, he's going to, Milhouse is going to need a confidant. He's going to need somebody who he can complain to and who will be there for him so that you could be that character. You could be that guy. And Bart actually seems to take that quite well. Goes to the set to find Milhouse. (laughs) Yeah. And there he sees Milhouse and walks up to him to tell him that. He's really happy for him, and he's excited to be there for him while he's when he's a big famous celebrity. And Millhouse proceeds to explode. Yeah, it's sort of like if you if if, if you sort of 
thought about it in a real life perspective, that had to be a, a horrifying thing for a young child to endure. Absolutely. Well, he catches Milhouse's head in his hands, I think, right? Yeah, I think he does. Not only he catches his arm, it's some limb of him that he definitely catches. A leg for sure falls. I think it's the head because then some guy comes and grabs Milhouse's head away from him by the wires that are hanging out. That's right. And he says, stupid dummy, wasn't supposed to explode yet. Which I want to know, what scene do you have that the kid just explodes? Not like something like explodes around him or anything. Like he is just exploding. And also just pretty should probably shouldn't leave that. We're of course picking apart. A Simpsons episode, like in life, but why the hell was this out in the middle of the parking for no reason? Should be somewhere safe, goddammit. Oh, for real, though. It, great gag. And then it's he sees Millhouse biking by him then, and he proceeds to get hit by a van right that moment. Bart runs up to him to see if he's okay, and it's some old guy with a wig on who is his stunt devil. Stunt double. Stunt devil? What is it? Stunt double. Yeah, stunt devil is someone who does stunts for a living, huh? Which I guess a stunt double does too. Daredevil is what I'm thinking of. Jesus. I've never heard the term stunt devil. Are you, do you mean daredevil? Yeah, I was combining daredevil with stunt double. I was like, oh, maybe I just don't know this, this, this industry term. Tanner's really an insider. (laughs) So the stunt double gets up and Millhouse slides under the machine that fell out of the van, right? Yeah, van. Mm -hmm, Like an x-ray machine. Yep. And it flashes on his face for a little bit. And then that, uh, Rainier Wolfcastle, who's playing Radioactive Man, picks up the van or pushes it up and asks him if he's okay. And Milhouse delivers the great line that says, those x-rays felt like they gave me superpowers, which is great exposition. Mm-hmm. And the director says, we we need to do it again. So he puts him back under it. And Milhouse then decides to ask, these aren't real x-rays, right? And he goes, we'll check into that later. And, <laughs> and then he just gets zapped like 30 times. And you can clearly see bam, his skull bam, through bam. it. So very clearly real x-rays. Is it somewhere in here that you see Rainier Wolfcastle doing like line reading training? And there, so he's got his Rainier oh, Wolfcastle yeah. and some, and some of his like, must be a director or somebody's working with him. He, Rainier Wolfcastle's like, up and at them. And he's like, no, up, up and at them. Up and at them. Up and at them. Up and at them. And the guy goes, better. <laughs> yeah, he like smacks his face first, looking like defeated and just goes, better. <laughs> despite being quite literally the same read three times <laughs> so what happens next oh there's a scene with homer next like a real brief scene like, oh good i'm glad we talked about this because this has one of my favorite things from all of simpsons yeah we, we almost done missed it where homer walks up to the what are they what did he refer to them as they're not oh. stage hands no the han even before that they i, I knew i know what you're talking about they're called yeah. Oh, Teamsters. Teamster. I didn't even know what that meant. So a Teamster is a truck driver, apparently, oh. according to the Google the Google dictionary uh, results. It's a North American truck driver or a driver of a team of animals, but that doesn't seem right. Right. So even before backing up one second, before Homer goes to talk to uh, the Teamsters, the like guys who unload the trucks and drive all the movie equipment around, he's talking to the director. Uh, uh, upstairs and I, I forget what he's trying to say to the director but the director is obviously trying to get him out and like get him away from, from oh, him so he's like right because uh, the, he sold he's let him pay 50 bucks a day to use their place as like a headquarters that's right yeah filming some of the scenes that's why they're there so they're in this house and he's like well Mr. Simpson uh, thank you for letting us use your house uh, maybe 
how about why don't you go have some of our food down at the craft? And before he even finishes his statement, Homer runs away, but he leaves behind <laughs> he leaves behind a cloud version of him, like sort of see-through version of himself that slowly begins to dissipate. Like that's how fast he away he moved. And my like I love that so much. I I love using that imagery, but I also love there's a subtle, like, the director, like, slowly, despite the fact that the, the Homer cloud has mostly dissipated, the director slowly, like, kind of jabs his hand into the, the cloud to test <laughs> if he's still there. And there's that, that look, that, that particular instance every time. It's just so funny to me just to have him be like, is he still, huh? Still there? Uh, I, lo- I love that scene. That, is, that, little, that little five seconds there is some of my favorite shit from Simpsons. That is so great. So then he goes, then Homer goes down to get food and he ends up seeing the the Teamsters who are all like these surly guys who are leaning up against a truck, not doing anything. Yeah. And he asks them what their job is, I think, or something along those lines. And they go, what? We look like we're not working. And then he says the line that I would, I always wanted to be a Teamster getting, what does he say? Getting paid to do nothing, essentially. So lazy and surly. That's it. And then they start, so he leans up against the truck with them and yawns and stretches. And all of the three of them immediately do the same thing. And he does it again, but this time scoots all the way to the ground. And then they all just start yawning and almost laying down. Which is just a, yeah, it's just sort of like all like layered on top of each other. Just all doing these different yawns and stretches and noises to just like trying to one up each other. And also, I think we forgot, there's a scene where Krusty runs in and demands to get a role from a director. Mm-hmm. where he wants to play he, a particular clown and they say you're not right for that one but we'll have you do a different clown there are like 40 different clown roles it sounded like yeah it's like silly sailor professor professor clown something like there are three random roles that all are going to be played by a clown <laughs> yeah and Krusty gets one of one of them which seems kind of strange that he would not be their first thought for any of them mm-hmm. all right but so then back to the main story Bart Where's he? He goes to the Millhouse's trailer then and yeah. sees all this awesome stuff. Like there's an arcade machine, a bunch of catered food. And he's telling Millhouse that you've got it made. And Millhouse clearly hates his life at this moment. Yes. He talks a lot about how, like, how much work it is to be Fallout Boy and how he has to keep doing, saying, like, doing the same scene over and over and over again. The director comes in and he's like, uh, well, Bart, of course, I don't think believes him, probably. He doesn't think it's as bad as it, really as bad as it is. And the director comes in and he says, Millhouse, we have to do the Jiminy Jilliker scene again. And Millhouse <laughs> is like, we did it. It took seven hours, but we did it. And he's like, oh, but now we have to do it from different angles and different deliveries. <laughs> which I believe causes Millhouse to run away, right? Yeah, at that point, like it cuts to the next scene, which is in like a, I guess like a little valley, like a machine type valley from the nuclear plant. Oh, yeah. So it's it's sort of like, I don't know what it would actually be in real life. It looks like it's just sort of like a, it's a hall, I guess. Yeah, a large metal hall. And he uh, the director starts out by saying this is the most expensive scene in the movie. And we've only got one shot at it. So everyone has to get it right. And there's radioactive man is tied up on a pillar in the middle of all this. And you can see like this giant vat of nuclear waste that's going to get dumped down. And the director mentions that it's real. So goggles, everyone. So everyone puts on their goggles and he says, so follow boy will sweep in and untie Radioactive man and get him out of here. So they dump the waste and are waiting for follow boy to show up. And he's just 
not showing up. And at that point, Rainer Wolfcastle pulls out his own goggles to slap him on his face, which I thought was a really funny, <laughs> tiny little bit. Yeah, like he's gonna he's gonna sit there in the middle of all this acid, but he's, he's at least gonna have his eyes to be safe. <laughs> and so they keep waiting for Fall Out Boy to show up, but he doesn't. So it eventually like eats away at the pillar, and, and Radioactive Man falls in, and he delivers one of the, I'd say one of the top twenty lines in Simpsons history, probably. Uh huh. Where he starts saying the goggles they do nothing. <laughs> it's very. It, it's just so. It, it just is a line that has. Like, I think every Simpsons fan knows that line. Yeah. You know? It's definitely still the test of time. And he ends up crashing into, I don't know if it's Millhouse's trailer or a specific person's trailer, but and it, like, melts away at his clothes, and you see, like, just his butt hanging out of the... Yeah. Really playing loosey-goosey with how the, the, the this acid works. <laughs> Hope someone got fired for that blunder. And so, at this point, then, it, it shows, like, a citywide manhunt searching for Millhouse. And this is another one of those great, like little sign bits that I like. Cause you see, you briefly see them holding up like a missing boy sign, but it says like uh wanted and it says dead or alive. And they scratched out the dead part, but you can clearly see it was there. <laughs> so it was like, it, was, it makes you wonder like, did they at some point think dead was fine or was that just a mistake? Yeah. It's really curious. And so Bart is searching for him because he believes he knows all the places Millhouse would go and they cut to a place that like I never had seen before. And I don't think you ever do again. And it's just like a little art, not even RC car racing. It's the uh, like track racing where the cars are just stuck on the track in their spots. Yeah. I don't know what you call that, but uh, yeah. And it's just comic book guy and Otto, the school bus driver racing in it. And they're, they won't, they tell them they're busy because they're whoever wins is like the galactic leader of the world or something is what they determine. Yeah. They're, leave it alone. We're fighting for like champion of the universe or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like immediately afterwards, Otto's car crashes into a brick wall and catches fire, which shouldn't be possible on one of those tracks. And Otto just goes awesome. <laughs> and then, so it cuts to Bart. Finally, eventually he figures out that the tree house is where Millhouse would be. So he goes up there and finds him. And Milhouse basically says he can't do it anymore. Oh, hold on. First you have to first they do this gag, which is so weird and I love it, which which is you you they like Bart climbs up the treehouse, and then like you get sort of a view from his perspective where he looks in a corner of the treehouse and he's Milhouse isn't there, so the camera shifts to the next corner of the treehouse. But it does that like six times, which would mean there's like oh, six yeah. corners <laughs> in this treehouse. Um, but then when in fact it's clear, clear from the outside, there are only four. So it's just like adding the suspense for no reason and making extra that. corners. Uh, and the Millhouse has like a real serious moment here, which I feel like this is, sometimes the writers would like to point out how dumb like idolizing celebrities is because he says that like um, real heroes are the people fighting heart disease and world hunger and not celebrities, which is kind of just like it gets real for a second there. And then Bart scoffs at this and says, those losers, are re- those loser real heroes aren't winning their fights, which I guess is a good point. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> terrible. Sometimes they win. <laughs> and he says to find real heroes who actually accomplish something, you have to turn to action movies. And then how does he come in? Mickey Rooney comes in. Does he like, I think, slide in through his zip line? I think he line? just swings in. It doesn't explain how. He just swings in through the like window of it. He tries to talk Milhouse into it. He basically gives a rousing speech, and Milhouse just still says, no, I'm not doing it. 
Mickey Rooney then says, well, it's all right. We've got a perfectly or someone to the perfect person to replace Fall Out Boy right here. And once again, it makes you think that Bart's getting picked for Fall Out Boy. Um, and then it cuts to Mickey Rooney putting on a wig to play Fall Out Boy. And he says, Jiminy Jillikers, a bunch. <laughs> yeah, he just but keeps repeating it's clearly just an old dude in, a, in like a, it's, it's a old Mickey Rooney in a small child's <laughs> outfit for Fall Out Boy. <laughs> but despite him being willing to play the role, the, the film is aborted. Um, because I guess th- this was probably the B story. I don't know. The the weird thing with this episode, there was an A story and there were like a ton of, ton of little side things, but no like real all the way through B story. But the mayor keeps inventing new taxes on the fly to to just gouge the filmmakers. So they're, mm. they've essentially run out of money at this point. I forget who was it. I think Mickey Rooney or somebody else like scolds the people of Springfield being like, you you thought you could really take these 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 city people for a ride and milk them for all they're worth and you took advantage of them like how could you how could you possibly do this you should be ashamed yeah it's it's a great lie because it's basically mocking the stereotype where like big city people would swindle small city people when they would come there so instead Uh like when it's great too because they get off like their flight to hollywood and like they have a whole crowd of people there um waiting for them and saying like don't worry, we'll take care of you until you get back on your feet. And like Hollywood is like this close, <laughs> tight knit community. And it's yeah, the director says uh, it's great to be back in Hollywood where people treat each other right. Then lean on, lean on me. <laughs> it's such a good. It's it's, it's a, and, that, and then the episode ends. That, that, that's yeah. it. That's all. That was the end of Radioactive Man, which is honestly, I don't think I'd seen the episode in fifteen years. It's great it definitely holds up it still does hold up what's interesting is about that is i i just see at the bottom we have of course a an article about the or like a wikipedia entry about this episode open apparently the woman who directed it wasn't even a comic book fan she like or like like wasn't a comic book fan and based a lot of her knowledge on this one on batman the animated series which also holds up after all this time so maybe there's That's maybe fair. there's some correlation there that is true uh other fun things this was the first episode to be digitally colored which i guess is cool i don't know i didn't really notice much of a difference but i also didn't watch any episodes around it so it's not really a fair well i think honestly that's part of the thing you should be that it, it sh- i guess i guess it shouldn't be that as easy to notice because i think it's mostly a, a thing that we would never know it's just easier for them to get the coloring done and i think probably easier to fix mistakes yeah like if they get if they accidentally made in one scene bart's eyes like red or something it, it would be a lot easier to fix that in the digital colored thing whereas if they had actually colored all these cells it would take a long time true i guess because there are older episodes i would watch where like it's a winter episode but if it's like a f- scene where they're inside the house you can clearly see out the window it's summer out and like everything's green so and it looks like I guess according to the more I'm reading, they wouldn't they they did this one digitally and then they didn't do it again until season twelve. So that's kind of strange. It was new at the time, I guess. It looks like they they didn't switch permanently till fourteen. I wonder what made them like, decide they were just to do it kinda, this time. Hmm? So I wonder what made them decide to do it for this specific yeah. episode. I don't know if they just had like an opportunity that came up and they're like, ah, let's give it a shot or or what. There's a director's commentary on this, as as there are with most episodes that I Listen to back in the day, but I honestly can't remember what they had to say about why they chose to switch now and now over another time. Hmm. Well, especially since they they switch 
just for a second. Maybe they switched and they thought, and, they, and like it wasn't as easy as they wanted it to be at that time. So they were like, well, that was a great thing, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing for right now. Yeah, or maybe the cost wasn't worth it at the time or something. Because mm-hmm, if they didn't switch until seven years later. Yeah, that's quite a bit of time. Any other trivia you have about this episode? Nothing too great. Uh, I found the Bort thing, but you found that on your own. Um, let's see here. And it's one of the uh, people that are on the internet trying to find out the new star of the Radioactive Man movie is Prince. So we were right that that was Prince. Why was it Prince? I don't know. It, let's like, see. I'm just like, I know. So Prince did a song for the bat, one of the Batman movies, right? Uh, Seal did. I know that. Prince did, too. You might I be right. I remember when he died. I mean, you, like, you live in his home state. Song? And I was like, I don't have one. So I just picked uh, the Batman one. <laughs> so people would stop asking me. That was a good choice. Oh, another one of the uh, nerds doing the internet thing was one of Homer's college roommates from season five. That episode where he would have gone back to college or went to college. I don't know if he had ever been before. I did look up, by the way. Uh, not only did Prince do a Batman song, his 11th studio album was called Batman. And it was the soundtrack album to the 1989 film Batman. <laughs> okay i guess he did so we so i i guess he he a lot of batman stuff so maybe there that was sort of like an homage to his involvement with that comic book movie I, I i'm not sure or maybe they just thought it'd be funny to have prince in there yeah who knows i don't know but... like it's a bunch of nerds and then this really cool suave prince uh either way it was uh, it was a fun time watching that episode again i'm glad we it was i haven't, that. haven't had as much opportunity to watch Simpsons episodes recently there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of episodes of other stuff out there. I got to catch there's up on. There's a million TV shows to watch out there right now. And one of them, shockingly, is still The Simpsons. Yep. Somehow they've lasted 30 years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's a dip in quality now, you got to kind of give them credit for how. Oh, absolutely. I think they'll. Pro- My guess is they're going to go for go for 30 seasons, do one last movie and call it. I kind of hope so. I think it's time. I Like, I want them to get to 30 at this point just because they're so close. But also... Yeah, it's it's just like, I don't know. At some point, it needs to end. All things must end. For for sure. Just like this episode. <laughs> so yeah, um, killer segue. I hope you guys enjoyed that at least a little bit. Um, if you did at all, or if you even just like The Simpsons and want to hear someone do this, like, good. Definitely check out the best darn diddly review show. They are going through every single episode of The Simpsons. They're currently in season five right now, so they haven't gotten to this episode yet, but they're definitely now, getting they to the peak from ones. The beginning? Yeah, they start from the beginning. For the first three seasons, they were doing two episodes a uh, an episode, if that makes sense. So for like episode yeah, one, they were they covering one two, two episodes for every episode. But then like by season four is when the show got way too too good way too many jokes in it that they started doing only one episode per which i think i appreciate a lot more because they dive into the all of the specifics of it and catch all the tiny jokes and all of that uh-huh so yeah that sounds really good actually i might i i haven't listened to it yet but i've been meaning to get to it in my in my podcast feed uh what what would you want to say one more time what the name of it was for folks out there yeah it's best darn diddly review show or i think you just type in it's probably just best darn diddly is what is listed under yeah that is i'm confirming that now Yes, best star in Lidley. And yeah, if you like The Simpsons at all, especially the early episodes, it's pretty awesome to listen to because it almost like if you watch The Simpsons enough, you can picture everything they're saying. And it's basically like rewatching the episodes. That would be a good way for me to rewatch the episodes without actually watching. them. Exactly. But yeah, so uh, this that closes out special edition number five, I think we confirmed Mm -hmm. of Headline Heroes. 
Uh, we didn't make any hero or anything this time. We just talked about a superhero-related Simpsons episode. Uh, at this time, as always, I want to thank Brett Jacobson for creating the art for our show. I don't know if Brett likes The Simpsons or not, but everyone act like he doesn't and just berate him if you ever see him for not liking The Simpsons. I just want to thank Carl Sorensen. Carl did the music that you heard at the beginning of the episode and the music you'll hear after we're done talking here. And he also does any post-production audio uh, producing for our podcast after we send him our audio, and we always appreciate that. If you're interested in working with Carl on this or literally anything else, give him a, give him a shout over at carljsorensen.com. So at this point, Drew would normally jump in give you a quick rundown of everything uh he normally says but i guess i can i'll, I'll just do it this time i guess if, if you want banners that's cool yeah uh we have a twitter it's headline underscore heroes uh facebook page that if you search for our facebook group you just search headline heroes on facebook you'll uh, inevitably find us with our beautiful podcast art uh if you have any articles you want to send us for a normal episode wherein uh we make a comic book origin story out of a headline uh, you can either hit us up at that Facebook page, that Twitter handle, or uh, we have an email at headlineheroescast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to call in, say, hey, want to talk about Simpsons on air on a re- on a regular episode, by all means, let's do it. Give, give Tanner and I an excuse to talk about the Simpsons. Uh, we have a voicemail that you can call and we'll play on air. That's 319-596-6766. Uh, and then one final thing, we actually do have a Reddit, if anybody is interested in checking that out, that's reddit.com slash r slash headline heroes. Um, so you got any number of ways to reach out to us, and we, we hope you guys do. If you enjoyed this episode, by the way, let us know, and maybe we'll do one again in the future. Otherwise, um, we thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll pick up the next issue of Headline Heroes. That was really good, Nate. Thanks. everyone it's mr most days off from the best darn diddly review show here with a special message for you from richie the whiz kid you know a town without best darn diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel no one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it the name's whiz kid richie the whiz kid and i come before you good fans of springfield with probably the greatest podcast uh it's not for you it's more of a shelbyville podcast now you wait here just a minute we're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series.